No one, no one can. Yes. Can y'all hear me now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not worried about you. I can project. But I'm worried about them. Yeah. Um, so Sam started talking about Discovery Bible Method about 10 years ago. And he presented it as, uh, as, a, as a more evangelical approach to Bible study, which growing up in the churches that a lot of us grew up in, that's not really how we saw Bible study. We saw Bible study as a time of equipping and fellowship and accountability, but that evangelical piece wasn't really a part of what we were doing. And so this offered us an opportunity uh, to have Bible study that you could invite the lost to and they could participate in without feeling completely clueless or outside of the loop. And so essentially the gist of Discovery Bible Method is you're doing a group study. You're doing a, a study together in God's word, the same way Dell, when he sits down throughout the week to study God's word and prepare a sermon, you're doing that in a group context together. That's the idea. And as that happens, people of all different levels of knowledge of God's word, they participate in that. And, and, and by doing that, even the lost themselves get to, get to see how God's word unfolds and, and the power and the excitement that, that revolves around God's word. In, in other settings, in other Bible study settings, either someone was teaching at you for an hour, like you got somebody who's like the teacher, just like Sunday morning, Sunday school, repeated all over again. Someone's teaching at you, or people are bringing their Bible studies, and they're going on and on five or ten minutes apiece. And, and if you're a lost person in a setting like that, that can be kind of overwhelming, and, and, and you actually don't get to participate. But with Discovery Bible Method, everybody plays a role. And that's the idea. Um, I, I had a slideshow. I don't know. Is it set up? Yeah. Oh, cool. Do you mind going to the next slide right here? So, so what do we want Bible study to mean at Midtown Baptist Temple and in Faith Fellowship and Kaya and all in all of our fellowships? What do we want Bible study to mean? Because it can, like I said, mean and look a lot of different ways, right? It can have a lot take on a lot of different identities. Well, first of all, we want it to be Bible centered, right? We don't want Bible studies to be Beth Moore studies. Okay, we don't want them to be Andy Stanley's most recent material. Why? Well, not only are those folks a little bit off, but uh, we want to learn God's word for ourselves. We don't want to rely on the crutches that cultural Christianity provides for us. We want to learn God's word. Discovery Bible Method will, will do that. It will, it will equip you. It's not, it's not weak. It's not watered down. It's just different. So we want Bible studies to be Bible-centered, that we don't want them to just be fellowship groups or, you know, hanging out and eating. We want them to have the, the word of God at the middle of it. We want them to be prayer centered. So we want prayer to be a part of what we're doing. It's crucial. That's part of the accountability piece. If we're learning God's word together, that means we need to be trusting God uh, to, to activate uh, what we're learning in his word in our lives, right? It can't be fake. It's got to be real. And so prayer plays a huge role in that. We want it to be leadership development. Okay, and that's going to be kind of new. I know Dell will unfold that over time, but we've got leaders already established in this class that are leading Bible studies, okay? And that will continue to be so. But, but because it's also leadership development, it's going to be those leaders' responsibility to train other people in how to handle a Bible study, how to lead, how to counsel, how to love, how to invest, and then how to also do the discovery Bible method and facilitate it. So leadership development is crucial. We're always training leaders at Midtown Baptist Temple, and small groups are just one more opportunity to train people up in pastoral leadership. When I say pastoral, I don't mean ordination. I mean learning how to shepherd people. We should all recognize and we should all feel the call to learn how to lead and to shepherd other people. 
and Discovery Bible Method is a training center for leadership. Uh, it should be accountability. Of course, we should be, you know, holding each other to a standard. We've been talking about accountability a lot in, in Kaya recently, because I think we use the word accountability uh, uh, as some sort of like, um, we believe it's like a mechanism to keep us from sin. Um, but really, you're only accountable at the level that you agree to be accountable, right? And so if you have a relationship with someone and you say, hey, will you hold me accountable to blah, blah, blah? Uh, the truth is you can break that contractually anytime you want. You can hide, you can sneak away, you can do all these things. Accountability only works at the level that two people are willing to hold each other accountable. The Bible study is a, is a microculture of this class. And in that microculture, the people in that group are learning how to hold each other accountable to God's word. Someone says, hey, this is what the Lord is showing me. This is what I think God's telling me. This is what, the way God's leading me. And then everybody in that group uh, has the responsibility to hold a person to that standard. So Bible studies have to be accountable. And this is the piece that we so often miss is this piece uh, on evangelism. Okay. And I want to say, because we're not going to have time to get into all of this. Uh, I do want to just say that the, the environments that you meet for Bible study are crucial to this. Homes are better. Now, not everybody can have Bible study in their home. If you can't have Bible study in your home, then, uh, then you, it needs to be an environment that is conducive to inviting people you don't know into your home. It has to be hospitable. There needs to be food, right? There needs to be time for fellowship and dialogue. People need to feel welcome. They need to feel comfortable. They need to feel at home when they show up. And then beyond that, it needs to be in, in, inviting. So if it's going to be evangelical, it needs to be invitational. So Dell was just talking about how he wants people to start inviting their coworkers to Bible study. This is actually a very daunting thing because you've either messed those relationships up a long time ago or, <laughs> right? Like sometimes you're like, man, I can't trust the Lord for that. I've already, I've already played my cards and I've lost. Well, that's, I want to challenge that. That's probably not true. That's probably not true. And, and I, I, you need to be prayerful. You've got neighbors, you've got old friends, you've got coworkers. Uh, you need to be praying about God using you to invite people because if you don't invite people, they'll never be evangelical. We're going to do this discovery Bible method. And it'll just be this cute mechanism that you use to study God's word. And it won't actually achieve the thing that God is asking us to achieve through the great commission. The only, the, the only, and we'll talk about this, we'll review this at the end, the only way Discovery Bible Method can be evangelical is if you treat it as such. If you don't invite the lost, it's useless. And I'm telling you, lost people are looking for a place to, to have friends. They, they, they're looking for friendly faces. They're looking for kindness. They're looking for someone who's going to show them a way that's better than the one that they've been trying over and over again. They're, they've got broken marriages. They don't know how to raise their kids. They don't know what they're doing in life. And they are, many, many people are just looking for someone to say, hey, I, I know another way. Would you just be willing to come check it out? And then they show up and it's like, these are the friendliest people I've ever met. And, and then they're in, they're hooked. And in time, uh, they're, they're learning God's word and they come to salvation. I've seen it over and over again. I've seen people come to salvation after their first meeting at a Bible study. And I've seen people, it took them months and months and months of attending before they realized their sin issue and they decided to receive Christ. I've seen so much healing in these Bible studies. Um, man, Kenny used to be in my Bible study and in a season of toughness, we were there for each other, bro. And that was awesome. Was that not one of the best times of our lives? It was so good for me. 
right? Just to be together and to do Bible study together. And man, uh, I'm excited to share this with you, okay? So with all of that said, we can skip this. Actually, no, wait, my bad, go back. This is it, this is the one, this is the one. Okay, so before we break out into sessions, I wanna say this. There's probably six or seven Bible study leaders in this, in this ministry, if I'm correct, about around that. Um, some of you are with us online. You've got a group that's going to be meeting online. A lot of you will be meeting in this room. Before you, you do discovery Bible method, the very first thing that a leader needs to do is study the passage in advance. As a leader, you have to recognize that you're and this is for I'm saying this for everyone because this room is full of people or who are going to help facilitate Bible study. And just because you're not the leader of the group, learning this is super important because you're going to help prop up this system. You're going to help promote and, 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 and make this functional in your small group because you understand the vision. So every leader and every person who's in the group who sees themselves as leadership is going to study God's word in advance. Okay, So you're going to come to Bible study somewhat prepared, studied in advance, so that you know all the answers to all the questions that you're going to ask throughout the Bible study. All right. And so every Bible study leader needs to be studying the, the passage for yourself, developing questions, writing them out, okay, dissecting the passage in what we refer to as what I refer to as chunks, unfortunately, because I can't really th think of another word. You're going to dissect the passage into segments, I guess is another fancier way uh, of studying. Okay, now if you go to the next page, you're going to see an example of what this looks like. Okay, so here's a, pa a passage where we've broken down basically smaller pieces of a passage, I've come up with, um, you know, with titles for those sections, like what's being talked about here. And I'm, and I'm making notes. I'm getting, I'm getting uh, proof texts, other passages that relate to the concepts that I see there. And then while I'm doing this, I'm developing questions that I, I'm going to try to ask in the small group because the leader's job is not to teach. The leader's job is to facilitate the conversation and keep things between do the doctrinal white lines. If someone gets out there, it's your job to wrangle them back in and correct them if need be, but your primary responsibility is just to ask questions in the small group so that everyone is participating. And then the last thing that, that leaders need to be doing and everybody that's in a Bible study needs to be doing is be praying before Bible study. The guy would bring the loss. You know, a lot of times I'll hear a small group saying, well, we just can't seem to get lost people together. We can't, like, we've invited a lot of people. Well, you're going to, you might invite a hundred people, but if one person shows up and gets saved, it makes everything worth it, okay? And, uh, and so, like, when, when Kaya goes out to do Hit the Streets, those young people, they're not, they're, a lot of times, they're not inviting people to church. They're inviting people to Bible study first. And Sam, this is Sam approved. This has got the Sam stamp of approval because Sam recognizes that, that, relationships are better fostered in the context of Bible study. And it's actually a funnel towards church discipleship and development. He knows that. And so a lot of times when we're doing evangelism on the streets, we're invite, you might invite 50, 60, 70, hundred people before you get someone to agree to come. So what? So what, what else are you doing? I mean, like, just go, this is our responsibility as believers, Right. So you need to be prayed up. You need to be asking the Lord to draw the lost into your small group. You need to pray that God will be there and that he would be showing you his truth and, and, and growing your Bible study. Um, and so that's how you prepare in advance without giving too much detail. We've got to actually get into it. So what I, I want right now, and I might need Dell's help, 
Uh, small group leaders need to gather your group together right now in circles. A circle format is great. If you're on Zoom, it's a virtual circle, of course. So we're going to pause right here. And I need you to groups. And if that means you need to duck out of this meeting and join into another meeting, do that. And then we'll take a minute and, and uh, to get together and then I'll tell you what to do next, okay? All right, everybody, as we're getting situated, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk you step by step. So this is Discovery Bible Method Elementary School, okay? And I'm gonna walk you through this step by step so everyone understands exactly what we're doing. All right, so per Dell's request, you guys are gonna be studying moving forward you're going to be studying for First Timothy, okay? And, and here's the beautiful thing about Discovery Bible Method is that it, when everybody is doing the Bible study on the same page, everybody's in the same book, it creates a greater unity in the fellowship. So, for instance, in Kaya, we've been in Mark for about six months. And you should hear the, the way that the young people are chattering about servanthood, the life of Christ, what it means to lead what it means to give yourself to the ministry. And it's kind of an underlying conversation around everything. And it's unifying our class in a really unique way. And so in this way, First Timothy is a book on leadership. And, um, and so I think it's, it's, it's a great choice in terms of, of, of a book to study. And that's where you guys are going to be. Now, I don't have it up here. Can I just toggle? How does this work? Oh, I moved too far. Oh, there are two things happening at once. I'm messing everything up. Oh, whoa, that's not confusing. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, so we want to get to step number one. Oh, no, step number two. So step number one was Bible study leader, be prepared, right? Okay, step number two, though, is reading through the passage. Okay, so when you get together, this is the way I, 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 we, we do in Kaya. You guys might want to do it different. Dell might give you slightly different instruction. But when we first get together, we give 10, 15 minutes to eating snacks, hanging out, spending time together, and praying together, okay? And, and so, you know, people have stuff they want to talk about, stuff they want prayer for, and we'll pray for a little bit. Uh, we'll ask the Lord to be with us, but then we'll get right into the Bible study because the good fellowship, the right fellowship is in the context of studying God's word. And so we want to get right into studying the Bible. And the way that we begin that is we read the passage. Now, I want to explain to you, we read the passage twice. The first time we do it silently. Okay, so when we get together after we've prayed, the Bible study leader will say, okay, this is, this is the passage we're studying tonight. Everyone turn there. And then everyone will read in the silent of their heart for like, two or three minutes, just to get through the passage. And so today we're in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 through 11. One through 11. And so the way, the way that we'll do it right now is we're just going to silently read the passage. Can we do that? So I'm inviting you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And just go ahead and read through it silently. Now, your Bible study leader in about two, or two minutes is going to tell you Okay, now it's time to read. And then what you're going to do is read around the circle one at a time, one verse at a time. And so like over here, Dell will start, he'll read verse one and then he'll, yeah, and then he'll hand it off. 
and you'll go around until the passage has been entirely read, and then we'll stop there, if that's cool. But reading it twice allows everything to soak in. Okay, by the time you've read it twice and you follow along twice, things are beginning to soak in. So let's go ahead and do that, and then we'll reconvene. Okay, so we're going to assume that, that people are kind of coming to the end of the reading. And so as we do that, can we go to the next slide? So, so after reading uh, the passage, at this point, it's soaked in a little bit. People kind of have a better idea of what, uh, what, what's going on, right, uh, in the passage. And it's at this moment that the, and you do this every time, you, the Bible study leader asks the people in the group to establish what the theme of the passage is, okay? And so you ask the group, okay, so after reading this, and after seeing it a couple times, what do you think that Paul is saying here? Now, I want to point this out to you. This is very important. It'll be more important probably in future studies. But it's also the Bible study leader's responsibility uh, to establish the historical context of the passage. And so obviously we have this letter from Paul to Timothy. Who is Timothy to Paul? Not everyone in the Bible study understands that, especially if you have lost people coming in. And so it's the, it's the Bible study leaders to first uh, responsibility to first establish that in the group. And you just give an intro. You say, okay, so guys, this is what's happening. Paul is writing this letter um, to Timothy, who he left in oversight of this church. And you just explain the details. And then you ask, okay, now after we've read this, though, what do you think the theme is? And people will give their opinion. And some of those opinions will be good, and some of them will be bad. Some of you might offer, like, not great thoughts, and some of you might offer great, amazing thoughts. But, but here's the deal. We're trying to come up with a couple of thematic ideas. And the Bible study leader's job is going to be to synthesize those ideas into a more singular and pointed thing at the end of this section. And so what's the theme? Okay, well, someone will say, um, you know, I, I think this verse really explains the passage really well. And then the Bible study leader will, will say that in your own words. Explain to me in your own words what you think that that means. And they might share that. Or you might be saying, oh, I've noticed that I've seen this word a few times. The same word pops up a few times. And I think this word represents the theme really well. And after a few people share, you don't want everyone to share. It'll take forever. Just a couple people who are bold enough to share, they share. And then the Bible study leader synthesizes that into one singular or maybe two statements and says, it sounds like this is the theme. It sounds like we're establishing that this is the theme. And at that moment, you're ready to move on to the next section. So go ahead and establish the theme. Have that conversation right now. Okay, so, so for the sake of time, we're going we're gonna, to... This part usually takes maybe 10 minutes when you're doing the study. But I want to, okay, so right now I want to challenge Bible study leaders. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here to teach this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach it. So if Bible study leaders, you feel since, if you did any more than a quarter of the talking in the small group, you get an F. Okay, so, so listen to me. Your job is to ask the questions and then to summarize. And you could provoke people, okay? Like it's really, it's fine for you to say, hey, Josh, wh what do you think? Maybe like Josh is, is only been to five or six Bible studies. He's still new. He's not the alpha in the group, right? Like people feel the dynamics of a small group real easy. It only takes them a few minutes sitting down, hanging out. They know who the talkers are and they know who aren't. And if you're an introvert, it's real easy to kind of recede back into the background. Bible study leaders, it's your job to get people involved who aren't talking very gently, very carefully 
and you ask them the right appropriate questions. Don't ask them the hard questions. Ask them the appropriate questions for where they're at. But listen, Bible study leaders, if you already sense that you've done the majority of the talking, you're going to be bad at this and you're going to have to work at it. Okay? So someone might say something and they've shared something and it didn't quite make sense to the group you sensed that it didn't. Then in one or two sentences, correct that and then ask another question. Okay, James, what did you think though? What did you see? Were there any words that, that stood out to you? And then, and, then, and then push the people to do the two-thirds of the conversation should be coming from, at a minimum, two-thirds of the conversation should be coming from the group as a whole. Does that make sense? Again, we're trying to get the lost and the people that are on the periphery to feel like they can understand God's word for themselves, right? It's just, all it does, if, you're, if the Bible study leader is doing the majority of the talking, all it does is continue to establish the fact that they don't know as much as you. And that's not, remember, that's not what's important. What's important is that God's word get in us, Okay. So, so moving, move, does anybody have any questions about this theme section about how this is supposed to go? No questions? And I get it that so, I know that some of the Bible study leaders started giving the context and, uh, for the passage. Perfect. Awesome. But really try to do that and summarize that as quickly as you can so you can get right into the conversation. Okay. So let's move on to the next slide, which is the dissection. This is the part that's going to take us the most time. And you're going to hear me go quiet for a while on this, unless I feel like I need to say something. So this is the part where the passage has already been chunked for you. Uh, so Bible study leaders have a passage that's been broken down and they know how to act, like what they've got sections here that they've divided out. And what they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, now we've established the theme. It's such and such. Now we're going to break it down and look much more closely. We're going to study it out. So uh, what's the verse section here in the first the first section verses one through one through one th one through three is the first chunk though right okay so you're going to look at one through three and you're going to read that again one one and two is it one and two okay i'm hearing different one and two okay so in the one and two verses this will be brief because it's the intro right like this section will be you, you won't spend much time on this chunk because it's just paul's greeting and whatnot but the bible study leader is going to say okay so-and-so, pick someone. This is where your opportunity to ask a lost person to read. So-and-so, will you read verse 1 and 2 out loud again, just so we can get it in our mind? And then you're going to treat it the same way you treated the other passage. Now, if words show up that people don't recognize, this is where you teach everyone in the group to use a concordance. This is where a saved person buddies up to a lost person or a new person and says, hey, let me show you how to do a word study real quick. And so the, 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 the person that leads the group is going to be saying, hey, in this section, this is reminding me of a few other places in Scripture. Let's go find passages that relate to this, and then let the Bible study start proof texting the passage against other sections. Okay, and so this is going to be real organic time. I'm just going to turn you loose. Once you're done with the first chunk, move on to the second chunk, move on to the third chunk, and start working your way through this. But it's the Bible study leader's job to facilitate the conversation and keep things between the white lines. If someone's like, oh, this means I'm supposed to speak in tongues or whatever crazy stuff that people come up with in small group. Okay, um, Chris, right? Uh, yeah, so your job is to say, well, actually, and then you know the word enough to, to start correcting and moving things back into the white lines and then let people function and, and, and study God's word again. Rosie, did you have a question? Oh, this is good. This is good. So one of the things that we do, first of all, is all if you have a Bible study in your house, then you need to reach out to us at MBT and ask for Bibles. 
And we'll do a couple things. We replace the Bibles like once every year anyway. And so we have, we have a box full of old KJVs from the pews that are a little bit tattered maybe. And we'll like Kaya Bible studies have just, they've, they've already gotten stocked up. And if you need Bible, Bibles, we can purchase you Bibles to have in your home that you can give to, to the lost. You can give to people coming in so that you can have KJVs because one of the questions that people always have is, well, what if someone shows up with an NIV? It's not even your responsibility to prove to your small group that the K, why the KJV. It's not your job to do that. Give them a KJV. This is a gift to you. This is the Bible that we study from in our small group so that we can all be on the same page. Here, we want to give this to you as a gift. This is what we're going to be studying in. Leave it at that. It's all good. The other thing is, yeah, people aren't going to know how to use a concordance. They're not going to know how to proof text. They don't understand God's word. So this is the buddy system is real important. So if you invited someone to small group, very naturally, it's going to be your responsibility to take care of that person. But if it's someone that's new and they need friends, get, sit up close to them, get out your phone, inv invite them to download a Blue Letter Bible or whatever app it is that you use that you, you're familiar with, and then show them from your phone how to do a word study. And if the small group needs to stop, they recognize some, a couple people have questions and you just take some time to show the whole group how to do this, well, praise God. Yeah. Nothing got halted or stunted in that moment. You're winning, right? And so to take time right there to be gentle and, and, and show someone how to do it, that's only good. The Bible study is only achieving what it's supposed to achieve. And if you get, you get cut short that week, you didn't get to that last chunk, so be it, you lost some time. I will say this, this is a group of adults. And I say this to Kaya too, you want to be done by 9.30, People are tired. They got jobs. If you're going real late, that's not right. You're treating people poorly and they're not going to want to come back. Be done by 930. If you go as late as 10, you've just botched that time and you've made people are exhausted and they're going to say, I enjoyed myself, but I was so tired when I left. It was not fun. Okay. Be done by 930. Let people go home at a decent time. And so if you've got to cut the study short a little bit, that happens. It's your job to be succinct and clear and work your way. You've got so much time, you've got to use it wisely. And you've got to keep the entire class on the same page. If you're, if you're a whole chapter behind the rest of the class, that's not cool. Okay, finish the section that, that, that Dell has delegated out. Uh, finish that section. Charge yourself to finish that section by the end of that meeting that, that evening. And try to be done, you know? you know, you're accountable to that. But yeah, it's the people in the small group's job to help teach. And so, so if that means buddy systems, then that, that's how you want to do that. Any other questions? Was that helpful? Okay, so I'm going to leave you guys be. This is a season for you to work through those chunks. Let's just say you've got, let's say you've got 15 minutes. That's all we've really got because we've got to get back together and close things out. You've got 15 minutes to study through these chunks. Do your best to get as far as you can, then we'll come back together. Okay, let's come back together. I'm so sorry, I know. Um, I would probably recommend you coming back to this passage for your first meetings as Bible studies. Um, so let's just talk about some of the things that I heard that was, were really good. Okay, so, so first of all, I noticed that the leaders were doing their best to try to speak less. I can could, I could see a, a clear change uh, in, in terms of, you know, pulling back on the teaching and, and, and focusing on more, just letting other people speak and participate. I'm telling you, this is so crucial, okay? All of the best teachers, the, the best elementary school, high school teachers uh, that your kids ever had, 
were the best question askers. Okay, that's what makes a good teacher. Um, and I know it's not, it's hard and it'll take time because we're a preaching church. We tend towards that direction. It'll take time. Um, and it's really easy, even when you get a moment where you're like, I'm doing real good. I'm asking good questions and I'm not, and I'm not preaching to everybody, but it's real easy when you, when you feel the spirit to flip back into teacher mode. And then you, then you're like, and then, and then, and then you're like, Oh, wait, 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 maybe I'm talking too much. And then you, you flip back. You've got to resist that leaders. You've got to really re resist that as best you can. Um, Another really good thing I heard, hey, this, is, this was one thing I heard in every group, except Chris's. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, but the, the, the positive affirmation for people when they said things that were true and, the, and you saw that they were, their, things are clicking, saying things like, oh, yeah, that, what you just said, that makes so much sense. Or, that, or hey, that was, that was great insight or, or whatever it is especially for newer believers, the younger ones are the ones that have a harder time participating. When you give people affirmation, they want to participate. I mean, it's encouraging. It feels good. And it's, it feels good to know that, that you discovered something from God's word. Um, another thing I saw that was really good is I saw a lot of Bible study leaders with, with prepared printed out passages, which is another thing you might consider doing is, is, is having your notes and questions on a piece of paper and available um, that, you know, that could, you could scratch things down. So when people are talking, you could even that, oh, I should ask this question. Oh, oh this, oh, this is what they said. And you're, and you're coming up with ideas and you've got a space to jot that down. Um, some things that we need to work on uh, leaders, don't ask overly leading questions where you're actually giving the answer in the, in the guise of a question. Like you're not clever. Like you're just, you're teaching that. You're telling that person what to think. So I heard people giving overly leading questions where the answer is tucked into the question. You know, that might sound like, doesn't it sound like blah, 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 question mark? <laughs> and then someone's like, yeah, it does sound like blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, good job. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's not actually a question. So uh, be careful about leading the question. Like if, if you ask a question and it's not succinct, you're probably leading the listener. And so if you're, you want them to discover for themselves. If they, they answer it and it's slightly off, it's your job to correct gently, not for 20 minutes, but just gentle correction, lead them back the direction. I think that this is what you're saying, but if you look again at this, then you discover that this too. And then they, they're like, oh yeah, I see that now. Like, Great. And then you ask the next question. And you keep moving through the passage this way. Um, be okay with awkward silence. Like I know for a leader, you ask a question to the group, uh, and it gets quiet for a second. You hate that gap. You hate that empty silence, and you want to fill it. Be careful about doing that. If you get if that awkward silence comes, and uh, you need to ask yourself, did I ask the question right? And rephrase the question. Maybe you just didn't ask a very good question. Maybe you phrased it in a way that was confusing. Ask it again in a way that's more clear and then, and then let people respond or ask questions directly. So someone's kind of on the spot and it's there. Like if you ask, a, it's good to ask broad questions so people can pipe in, but then it's also good to ask pointed questions to see an individual so that they're on the spot to kind of answer it. And, uh, and then that awkward silence thing is taken care of. Uh, don't get lost in the weeds. Okay, you can't study everything. 
all right? You can't do a word study on every word in the passage, right? You can't, get, you can't come up with 25 proof texts for this doctrine, right? You don't have time. You have a limited amount of time. You've got to be self-aware and you've got to know when it's time to move on. Uh, and so you summarize that chunk and then you move on to the next one and let person read it. But don't spend too much time in any one place uh, unless it's absolutely necessary, okay? There might be some sort of crazy aberrancy that shows up in the group. People will show up to your groups. If you're inviting people in, you're gonna get people with really strong opinions, especially in the men's groups. And the leader has to be responsible enough to check that. Hey, you and I should get coffee and talk about that sometime. I would love to just get together, you and me, but because we have to keep moving tonight um, and we've got other things that we need to cover, we got to move on. And so I, as much as I appreciate that opinion, we're gonna have to table it for now. And you got to do things like that to make sure that the group stays on course. Uh, do your best to let people find the cross-references themselves. I heard a lot of people offering the cross-references and that's cool. There's time, there's, there's reasons to do that. Like say, hey, will someone read such and such and then give me your thoughts on that? That's okay to do. But then it's also good to say, hey, can anyone ever, can anyone think of any other passages that talk about Timothy as, as Paul's son? Or, or what does it mean to be a son in the faith? Does anybody know any passages like that? Maybe take some time to go to your concordance and look and, and find other passages where Paul talks about what it's like to have spiritual children, because obviously that's what Timothy is. He's a spiritual child. And then let people go to work and then draw them back together and let them answer those questions. Do your best to put that on their plate. Um, so yeah, you wanna make people prove their ideas. So if they share something, make them prove that, right? If people give opinions, we were trying to avoid personal interpretation, right? That's a warning in scripture. And so they've got to prove from scripture what they're saying. If they say something that isn't, doesn't sound sourced in the text, then you want to ask them to prove that with scripture. That's important. Uh, we want to avoid opinions. Make life applications as you go. Okay, don't be afraid to like let someone talk about, you know, this reminds me of this situation that's going on in my life right now. Or what this is saying is like feels really personal. And let people do that. In fact, ask people, does anyone feel like this just resonates right now? Like this passage has a media application to your life? Do you want to share about that? And let people do that. Because if God's word doesn't apply to our lives, then it's just head knowledge, right? Uh, do your, your best to include the people in, on Zoom. Ask questions. If there's someone joining you on Zoom and you're, you're avoiding them, they're going to get bored real quick. So know who's on in the Zoom meeting and then ask questions to them too. As long as this COVID thing's going on, there's going to be people joining on Zoom and we want to make sure we're inviting them to participate. Highly encourage note-taking. Everyone in the group should be taking notes. Dudes are notoriously bad at this in small group. Okay, if you sit through Sam's messages and you're not taking notes in some form or fashion, shame on you. How can you possibly learn that stuff, right? Like even if you don't catch it all here, catch it all on the page. So that way later on, maybe you're studying that passage yourself. You're gonna want those notes. Learn to be a note-taker. And then at the end of the session, Ask someone if they'll be, if they'd be willing to review this stuff next week or the next time you meet. Hey, uh, hey, J James, would you be willing to do a, a short three-minute review of what we studied tonight next time we meet? And put them on the spot at the end of study. That way, you know, they'll be sure to take notes next time, right? You want everybody to know that they're in danger of doing the review next time. <laughs> and they'll be sure to start taking notes and you'll create that culture. Okay? Um, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's what I got. Any questions? Any questions about what we just did? 
Yes. Maybe not a question. Sure. Feedback. Okay. So I've heard a couple of times at the beginning how when we were talking about using tools, using concordance, mm -hmm. um, distinguishing like, well, the lost might not know how to use a concordance, so we need to teach them. Um, so my feedback is that there may also be believers that also don't know how sure. to use those tools. Um, so we've been at MBT for five years, but before coming here, I have been a believer for 20 years and had not been taught how to study. So right. I was saved. I had been saved for a really long time, but I, I didn't fall into the lost category, but I was clueless. Absolutely. So maybe not using like in the study lost as the people that don't know how to sure. Because um, there's a lot of believers. Oh, of course, and 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 so I, I didn't mean to imply that. No, uh, because that. you're going to get more people who are saved that just have that grew up in a church where no one was teaching them. You're going to get more people like that in your small group than you will even the lost. That's just, just statistically that's how it works. People are always disgruntled at their old churches, or they haven't been in church for a while, or and they're looking for a church home, and you're their friend at work, and. And they, they're already prone to want to learn and grow and be a part of community. You're going to get more people who are saved but unlearned in your small group than you will the lost. And so that is absolutely true. And they're going to want to learn the things. that We're, we're using the word lost mainly just because we're, we're trying to teach ourselves to be more evangelical. Right? But yes, absolutely, it's, it's true. You're going to get a lot of people who don't know. And, and uh, they're going to be in the whole spectrum will be in your small group. Okay, we've got four minutes before we need to close. I want to hit the last slide. Deb, you got a question? No? Okay. So here's our, here's our takeaways. Um, oh, yeah. Here's the last thing you do. As the small group closes out, you let people, you need 10 minutes to go around the circle, and in one sentence, two sentences, let everybody say what it is that they learned tonight. If you don't do this, the whole night could be a waste, kind of. So everybody has to say, lost, saved alike. Everyone says, this is, what I, this is what I learned tonight. This is what I'm trusting the Lord for. That's how they need to phrase it. And the Bible study leader can model that. Okay, we're going to go around the circle. Everybody's going to share what they learned tonight. Uh, what's the takeaway? What are you applying to your life? And then you start. Guys, I just want to say, I'm trusting the Lord for such and such. You work your way all the way around the circle, and then you let one person, two people, pray over everything. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. Pray over everything. And then now you've got something to hold everybody accountable to. So no matter how long they've been in the group, maybe they're new to the group, maybe they're old to the group, someone just confessed what area that they need to be held accountable in. So you're praying for them, you're talking to them, they're like, you know, I'm fornicating with my girlfriend and I'm recognizing now that it's wrong. They just verbalized that, okay? They invited you to hold them accountable at the level that they confessed their fault. And so you do that because you're their friend. And so this, this is very important to the dynamic of the group. People need to be making application and the closing out of the evening has to be application and prayer over those things. And then everybody hugs, uh, brotherly kisses or whatever you do in your, the culture of your group. Um, you know, no one ever does that. No, no one gets a kiss on the cheek anymore. Uh, and then you dismiss and, and then you invite people come, to come back next week and then invite their friends. Okay. And so that, that's, where, that's where we'll close. Wait, actually go to the very last slide. Okay, Bible studies are only evangelical if we want them to be. So they won't be, if you don't want them to be, if you're closed off and you don't want to be evangelical, your Bible study won't be evangelical. But if you're determined to change the culture of your Bible studies 
and start inviting people to participate, well, guess what? It'll become evangelical. Guys, nothing magical is happening in Kaya. I don't take credit for that. They don't take credit for that. All we do is pray because that's crucial to evangelism. All we do is pray and invite people. That's it. Nothing magical. You can do the same thing. Anybody can do that's That's what we were asked to do. That's the Great Commission. And so uh, we need to go to the lost. We need to win them. And so this is an opportunity for you to do that. We got to invite the lost. We open up the word of God. That's what we're doing. And we express Christ's love. And when we do that, people will get saved. Bible studies will grow. The culture of your class will change. This room will not be able to hold the number of people. People are hungry and desperate to hear about forgiveness because people feel miserable. They feel miserable. Their, con their conscience is heavy. They're fearful, they're anxious, they're closed off, and they need this. They, they need what you, you have to offer them. So please, just decide right now, this is what you're going to make your class, the culture of your Bible studies become. Can I pray for you? And then we'll dismiss, and then Dale, you can, if you have any closing remarks. Okay. I love you guys. Thanks for letting me be with you. You're, you're, do, you're doing awesome. You're going to get it. It's going to be fun. It'll take a few months, uh, but you guys will figure it out, and Dell will lead you well, I'm sure. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, and we're thankful for this time. I, Lord, I pray it was profitable. We talked about a lot. And I, God, I, I just want to say I trust you. Like, I, I don't always know what you're up to, but I know what you're up to. I know how you scheme. I know how you plot. I know, I know what the tenor and the character of your heart is. And, and Lord, I, I know what you desire for this group of people. And so, Lord, I pray for faith fellowship. Lord, I, I pray that you would transform these, these lovely and wonderful believers into evangelical machines that, 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 that invite everybody, everyone that they love. They care for their souls. They see people in terms of souls. They see people in terms of their eternal destiny. And it haunts them, and it bothers them, and it drives them insane, and it causes them to do things like invite friends and family to Bible study, and that they would do that, that they would devote themselves to thinking about that, praying about that, and doing that work. And Lord, I, I pray that you would have your way, that the fruit would be yours, that they would just simply obey, and that they would understand that success is inviting the lost to come. That's success. And that fruit, that's your job. And so that they wouldn't be discouraged, uh, Lord, that they would be strengthened, and Lord, use Dell to, to, to guide them and to lead them. And that, Lord, they, they would understand that he's their spiritual authority, that they would trust them, that they would that him, they would turn to him, and they would seek him for counsel and advice as it concerns these matters. Lord, grow us, strengthen us, and help us to achieve your purpose, King, the kingdom of God on earth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.